This episode of Recorded is brought to you in partnership with the NYUAD Art Gallery and Art Center. The NYUAD Art Center and Art Gallery have returned to in-person programming for the first time in two years. Emerging from the pandemic era, excited to welcome back live audiences. The Spring 2022 lineup features an eclectic mix of live musical, cinematic, and dance performances, as well as art exhibitions that defy traditional categorization. These include works by Oscar-nominated documentarian Sam Green, the Dubai-based SEMA Dance Company, winners of the 2014 Arab Scott Talent reality show, as well as by multimedia artist Kid Koala and a sprawling exhibition from artistic trio Ramin Harizadeh, Rokni Harizadeh, and Hissam Rahmani. So there's quite a bit going on this spring. While the art gallery and art center has only just opened its doors to live audiences, it has been far from absent from the public sphere. Even during the pandemic's most inert bouts, the center adapted to the needs of the local cultural landscape by taking its programming online. With panel discussions, music, theater, and dance performances streamed live through its Facebook page. Bill Bragan, Executive Artistic Director at the Art Center, and Maya Allison, Executive Director of the NYUAD Art Gallery, talked to us about the lessons and opportunities the pandemic and its challenges offered, and how they shaped the 2022 spring program. For me, I think a lot of the pieces that we created during COVID, during the height of the pandemic, were by nature, by design, exploring new forms. And we were, you know, curating one-on-one digital theater experiences where we were commissioning new work from female playwrights in Kenya or this 360-degree headphone audio piece, The Gauntlet, that was, as a form, it was designed to specifically kind of work within the constraints that we had to deal with at the time. I do think that as someone who runs a performing arts center, we had to think a lot about what does it mean? What is our mission as a performing arts center if we are not actually allowed to gather people in the same place and time? And and what are the other ways that we could do that? And how can we continue to connect art and performance to people's lives? Even as cultural events seem to reprise their pre-pandemic bustle, a return to in-person programming does not mean a return to a time before the pandemic. There may be a nostalgic allure to going back to a world before nasal swabs and face masks, but Bregan says it's important not to undermine what the world has been through in the past two years. The pandemic has left its mark, and it's important to acknowledge that. Now that we're able to be back in person in the same time and space, there is a celebration that comes with that. But I also think that a lot of people went through a whole lot of trauma, and some people had the time and space to really acknowledge and deal with that trauma. And a lot of people just had to push through living day by day and haven't necessarily processed it. So the question that's been on my mind throughout is what kind of art do people need? What kind of art do I personally need right now? And do I want to have art that is continuing to refer back to a really traumatic period and there's all kinds of war, all kinds of trauma that's that's happening every single day. And do I want my art to always be addressing that? Or do I want to celebrate joy and beauty and community and all of that? And I think ultimately it's it's a combination of all of that and it's toggling between. And so 
I think the advantage that the art center has, as opposed to the gallery, is that we're presenting, you know, over the course of、uh, a year, about 20 different artist residencies. Plus, we have multi-artist events like Rooftop Rhythms or like the Barsak Festival, for example. So we can have different artists who are exploring all those different modes of expression,、uh, and I think it's all really important. You can't always look at pain, and you can't. Always, kind of celebrate and dance in the streets, but you need both of those. And sometimes, joy and beauty is the best path for resistance to the difficult times. Allison echoes the sentiment and says that while the pandemic disrupted the arts gallery's programming, it also provided an opportunity to reflect on how it reaches the local community. Moving online meant the gallery was free to expand its programming from the months usually associated with the art season in the UAE to include year-round events. It's not as simple as just hitting pause and picking up where you left off because、um, the circumstances of the loans and the artwork change.、Um, so, thinking about where we are now in terms of our community and the fluctuations in the pandemic, I think this was part of what Bill was talking about in terms of. Connecting to the community here in new ways, and realizing that、um, this is actually a great opportunity to further grow that, and really focus on where we are, and grow outwards from there. Because we had spent a lot of time sort of setting up institutionally at an international level, and there's sort of an ongoing pressure to do that, especially because the way the arts calendar is in the UAE, there are these two kind of prominent international moments. In the arts calendar, one in November during Abu Dhabi Art, and then the other in March during Sharjah Art Biennial, Sharjah March meetings, and、um, of course Art Dubai. And that you know we had sort of centered so much of our activity around those two things. And then when the pandemic means that those may or may not happen, you start thinking more organically about the course of the year in a way that I actually found very healthy. But really think about who we're programming for from different perspectives and. Worrying less about the international visitors and more about where we are. Although we always were doing that, I think this kind of really put that theory into practice.、Um, what does that actually look like?、Um, and doing much smaller scale、um, conversations and visits and events、um, that don't necessarily have like a massive marketing push behind them. The pandemic was also a call for cultural institutions to step up and help artists during a time of crisis. Segments of the current spring program, Bregan points out, were initially set to be performed up to two years earlier. But as the pandemic spread and social restrictions were enforced, the programming had to be put on hold. Rather than scraping projects altogether, NYUAD continued to commission work to bolster artists during the inertia. The fact that within the pause, there are a lot of artists in this season who we had been planning to bring, like Kid Koala, for example, two years ago, and we had to put on pause, and then we reignited it. And so, some of the artists that you'll see in this season and even next season are artists that we've been committed to presenting for a really long time pre-pandemic. Uh, and I think it, it was important. A lot of conversations were happening around the ethics and our responsibility as institutions to continue supporting the artists and keeping the opportunities and the work and the finances flowing. But I think the difference is now we all live in a different world, and so the artwork itself might be exactly the same as it 
would have been two years ago. But as Maya said, we've all changed. The, the way that we receive it will be different. The associations that we'll create will be different. And for work that has been commissioned and has been developed over this period, it just naturally will filter in to the work that's being made because people were carrying kind of all of this kind of shared global history together. There's no denying that the digital realm is no substitute for in-person events when it comes to engaging the public with art. And as NYUAD welcomes visitors once again, Alison says she can't help but feel a profound appreciation at being able to interact with audiences in a physical setting again. And I think that that has created for me a sense of intimacy with my audience that I was missing, in fact. Um, And the fall show with uh, Modernisms was a show where there wasn't an artist to come give a tour necessarily. It was a loan of work from a museum in New York. Um, And it was much more about me having conversations and getting reacquainted with our visitors and our community in person and being around art in person together and kind of regrowing that sort of connective tissue among us that we had through Zoom, but it's really different when you re-enter a physical space of an art exhibition to have a conversation about an artwork that you're looking at together in the same space. And I think that that is really, the revelation for me has been, doesn't change what we actually do, but kind of gives a new energy to how I think about audience engagement and the preciousness of it um, and the value of taking the time to slow down and really actually have that relationship um, with the visitors which I think I was always doing, but that now I do so with a kind of appreciative intentionality that comes from having been deprived of it for so many months, if not years. Allison and Bregan worked together to develop the 2022 Spring Arts Program. At the drawing board, the duo dismantled and examined the university's role to the public, as well as its responsibility in ensuring local arts communities thrive. Their partnership also laid bare curatorial differences. Namely, Allison's curiosity for the historical against Bregan's resolve towards the cutting edge. But the varying approaches were often harmonized by a shared goal. Maya and I spent a lot of time talking about kind of our own work individually within the Art Center and the Art Gallery, and also how we see it fitting into the larger development of the cultural sector in the UAE. And we share a lot of the same concerns. So they might play out in different ways, but I think the themes that we both tend to respond to in our curating are themes of First, how do you build an artist community? And what does it mean to create uh, Saudi Island and NYU Abu Dhabi in particular as a cultural center? And how do you grow an audience and an appreciation for art and artists that is decidedly contemporary? Uh, and also that draws from the history and the heritage. Uh, I think we we both look a lot at that interaction between cultural specificity and cultural tradition and being in a global dialogue. And so even if we're not collaborating on a specific choice, I think the undercurring themes are the themes that are important on the university campus at NYU Abu Dhabi. And these are the important conversations that are happening across the Emirate and across the country in terms of how the sector grows and how does it reflect a specifically UAE sensibility. 
we've really made a point of positioning the art center as a place for contemporary work. But at the same time, we also recognize that there are some key historical reference points that some of our audiences are less familiar with. So a lot of times what will happen is that I'll be working on an exhibition um, and talk to Bill and then Bill um, has ideas for um visiting artists. And then we look at points where those things can dovetail um, and work together. One of the things I love is that we each have our own kind of our taste profile of things that we respond to. And there's a lot of overlap there, but we have different tastes and things. And really our fields are, they're derived from the same impulse, which is the creative expression and exchange of human experience and knowledge. They can manifest really quite differently. But I would say that uh, the, the main difference that I see really is only in that the mission of the gallery is um, ultimately we're working towards more historical exhibitions. Um, so we have a slightly different kind of remit in terms of the type of exhibitions we'll be generating versus I think Bill's will always um, has, a, has a mission that's more distinctly contemporary. The Arts Gallery is currently hosting Parthenogenesis, an exhibition by Iranian artists Ramin and Rukni Hayrizadeh and Hissam Rahmanian. We've explored the exhibition in our previous episode with the artists as well as with Allison. The exhibition is a testament to the 13 years the artists have spent living and working together in Dubai as a collective. Allison expands on the landscape of works in the exhibition, saying how they offer a portrait of where we are in the UAE. She also hints at what's coming up at the art gallery in the fall. We have opened uh, the exhibition Parthenogenesis with Raman, Rukni, and Hassam, who are three artists based in Dubai, who've shown um, at galleries or museums and biennials all over the world. And that exhibition has this kind of joyful, surrealistic engagement with questions of very difficult, heavy topics, such as war and exile, immigration, and so on, but manages to sort of find a way to tell a story of art making and collaboration and creative practice as a means by which we thrive um, in the face of some of the harder challenges of life. And so in a way, this exhibition is a portrait of where we are in the UAE because these artists are based here, but also a portrait of where we are in time because it shows paintings from recent news cycles, such as the pandemic, uh, the reopening and the closures and the reopenings of the museums during the pandemic, um, but also goes back in time to geologic time to the formation of oil in the Gulf millennia ago. So that's the spring exhibition. And in the fall, we'll be opening a major survey exhibition of modern art in the Gulf, um, looking at work from artist communities throughout the GCC in the 20th century and into the 21st century. Thank you for listening to Recorded. I've been your host, Razmik Bedirian. Thank you to Bill Bregan and Maya Allison. To learn more about the NYU AD Art Gallery and Art Center's programming, please visit www.nyuad-artgallery or nyuad-artcenter.org. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan.